The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to be inspired, informed, motivated, and recharged on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Every day is a stellar day on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Let's get this party started. Cynthia will be back to kick it all off after this break. Well, hello, party partners, and welcome to radio's finest hour of power, star style. Be the star you are. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Helen Whitney. And we are your personal growth success coaches right here on the airwaves every week with you, bringing you the magic and the miracles and the fabulous people. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. For more info on getting your private consultation session in person or over the phone, call 925-377-7827 or visit star-style.com. This is by Margaret Drabble. When nothing is sure, everything is possible. And that is the absolute truth today. We have a fascinating show that is completely focused on the year 2012, specifically December 21st, 2012. You're going to meet a pioneer in the Maya movement of 2012, which is John Major Jenkins with his new book, The 2012 Story, and William Gladstone, an esteemed literary agent turned author with his exciting novel, The Twelve. And of course, Heather and I are going to be dissecting 2012. Is it the new Y2K in our segment of Tea for Two? So grab your cup of tea, sit back, and enjoy the show. But before Heather and I start, Talking about this 2012 phenomena, I just have a couple of quick important announcements. And first is to make sure that you pick up your copy of our new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, which is available now in all the bookstores nationwide, as well as from your, your, is that great? Exciting. As well as from your favorite online store. It's even international because I have a friend in Norway who said she bought 15 copies. So that was great. So you can get autographed copies with all proceeds benefiting Be The Star You Are charity, which brings you this show. If you go to bethestaryouare.com, just click on store. You can buy direct. And if you buy 12 copies of the book, we're going to give you one of our cool new free T-shirts. So if you don't oh. like 12 copies, you can buy the T-shirts of the tank tops, which our own 
Heather Brittany is modeling. She is not included in the price. <laughs> Are uh, you I hope not. <laughs> They're $15 for a tank, $13 for a tea. But, again, you can get a complimentary one if you buy 12 books. So go that's be the star and you are. Christmas and Hanukkah and, and all the final announcement is and... to get ready for our sixth annual Be the Star You Are essay contest, which will be beginning soon. The topic this year is going to be on role models. Who is your role model? Why is it important to have a role model? The prize is $100 plus a guest appearance with us, the Goddess Gals, right here on this show. So visit be the star you are dot org for more info or send me an email, Cynthia at be the star you are dot org. Well, now on with our 2020, uh, 2012 phenomena. How many people out there have even heard of this mystical day until you started seeing billboards of the TV commercials and previews announcing that mega movie and the end of the world tease? What Heather and I want to ask is, is 2012 the end or is it the beginning or is it just another Y2K scare? So what do you think of this 2012, Heather? Well, you know, so that we don't give it too much away because later on the show you're going to have experts going on about it. But, I mean, it was definitely when I was doing research on this, this is why I kind of got a better understanding. I mean, I've always heard that about this Mayan calendar and the year 2012 going to end and how they made this prophecy from uh, the year 1999 that there would be 13 years left. And, and that's kind of interesting on its own because I remember um, in 1999 there being this big hoopla of Y2K, of 2000 coming, you know, everything was, the world was going to go black or blank and um, and then also the thing of how being 13 years later, there's this always been this thing about 13, unlucky 13, how hotels don't even, um, you know, have, have a floor. Friday the 13th. Uh, you know, which is just so interesting. And one thing, you know, is that, um, you know, with their calendar shifters, I've, I've heard this before, and it's, it's different, you know, different people say different things, but, you know, the Mayans weren't prophets in that sense, and that they were just able to predict um, you know, in the sense, because they weren't able to predict their own cultural um, extinction, and uh, it's, so it's it's fascinating. You know, who will see? It's really there is no way to know because just as other people, in a sense, have made uh, prophecies, Galileo, or just certain things have come true um, that previous uh, religions or tribes or invent whoever things that people have said. Certain aspects have come true, but then again, other things have not. So I guess, you know, it's almost a wait and see that, you know, one thing that is always uh, guaranteed to every single person on this planet is death. No matter what, you know, we will all die eventually. Um, we just don't know when. And so we can't be living in the fear of, oh, my God, because, you know, I just so clearly remember 1999, everyone holding their breath. And then kind of, oh, I guess we're still here, you know. Well, and, you know, I, I remember when you talk about 99, how many people I knew who were stocking their cupboards and hoarding water and had all the batteries and the flashlights and, and escape materials and, and everybody was afraid the computers were going to go be, crazy. And <laughs> you know, the computers were going to go, you know, back and all this stuff. But, you know, and it's just that, you know, some things, there were little glitches with something, but nothing to... You know, catastrophic by any means, and um, you know. So now we look back at that and you know, almost laugh and to think, wow, you know, why? What happened there? Uh, so it's you know, really to say who's you know, are, is Hollywood just hyping this up? And you know, is this 
Is this possibly true? Is well, when we talk about the 2012 movie, which is, you know, I think is going to be a great movie, but it's brought to us by the director of Independence Day. So, you know, that was a doomsday Independence Day movie. It was a gr- fun movie, and that's what this is going to be, too. It'll be an interesting movie and a fun movie, and it'll make you think, and, you know, it'll have big explosions, and, and you can actually go online and see a preview, and, and it really shows how around the world everything is falling apart. But, you know, I think, too, is, is this really the end, or is it a new beginning, or is it a transition? And this is why it's exciting that we do have experts on the show today. They're going to talk to us about their beliefs of it because the idea of a global event occurring in 2012 based on an interpretation of the Mesoamerican long count calendar is actually rejected by a lot of, um, of scientific um, scholars. Although in Mayan history, 2012, you know, is a true date. But Supposedly, from what I've studied, is that the Mayans don't really, the Mayans that are living today don't really put much, um, you know, m- much strength or focus on, on that, it. And so is that just so, I, I was unaware, so current, you know, people that are descendants, I guess, of Mayan culture, um, do they not hold this as high regards as what they that, don't? That, I, you know, I'm looking forward to talking to uh, John Major Jenkins, who is a scholar on this, but I don't think so. From what I'm reading, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like there, there are more than 6 million pure-blood Mayas still living in the highlands of Guatemala and uh, Chiapas, and they still speak huh. the Mayan languages, and they still follow the 260-day sacred calendar but I don't think that they are concerned about this day. And so that it's, is, you know, it's more of our culture that, as you said, with Y2K and other things, I mean, all different religions are supposed to be the second coming of Christ. You know, we're all, everybody's always waiting for the end of the yeah, world. And there's many, <laughs> yeah, there's many declarations out there that the end is coming. But, you know, I like to always think that there isn't any beginning and any end. It's just a big circle. So, so who really knows? Our Earth is, you know, our big sphere. Yeah. Do we really have to be uh, concerned? I don't think so. I mean, and there's also there were lots of um, myths about that this was a prediction from Nostradamus and that it was going to be an apocalypse. And you know, who knows? (laughs) I mean, I think I think Western civilization has really foisted this on the Mayan culture, because I'm not so sure it was a doomsday prophecy after all, but it's definitely fascinating, and it definitely makes for good writing, and all of a sudden now there are a plethora of books and people yeah. coming forward that are talking about it, so it's, I think this is what keeps humankind interesting and interested, is the fact that we have all this new age interpretation, all these transitions going on, and you know, bottom line is it's probably the same old, same old. <laughs> yeah, and the planet yeah. is just revolving, you know, as it does every day on its axis, and and um, the change, any change that's going to happen is going to be has to be our own spiritual transformation and a change within. I'm not so sure it's a big change and outside. I think the, the big change, you know, and when I found on one thing, according, going off of, you know, today, we're exactly 1,162 days away from this eternal doomsday. Oh, so <laughs> we're, so we're you very have, close. You have 1,162 days to figure out 
the meaning of life, everyone. Everyone. Well, I, in the solar system, the planets and the sun uh, uh, share the same plane of orbit, which is known as the plane of the elliptic. And I guess this really could be a galactic alignment. It's some kind of a planetary um, resurrection, if you want to say. But I, I don't know, and, and it just happens, I guess, that the Mayan calendar based their observations on this this kind of great rift and this great tilt, and so this is where this data has come from. But there's so many different theories, and that's yeah. what's hard to know what's, what is myth and what is true, and some of them sound so so great, you know. <laughs> I think, you know, in a sense, I think almost a takeaway message, because it's exactly of that, you know, really who is to say that, you know, and possibly just as many things from the Bible that, you know, we've misinterpreted um, over the years, you know, how we read things as one way and it was really meant to be written this way. I mean, possibly, you know, maybe we're not interpreting, you know, maybe it's, it's the ending of this cycle, you know, to start a new cycle of life. But also I think a big takeaway message is now that we've become so, um, you know, environmentally aware and technology aware, we, we've developed the kind of technology where we're able to see, you know, in this so many years, you know, the, the ice caps have melted and this and that and showing kind of, I think this is a, a word to us that, you know, possibly if we do want to preserve what we have right now, we really need to take green action and, you know, people need to be more responsible, not living as, okay, well, you know, if the year, if the world is going to be ending, you know, in 2012, possibly it doesn't mean the ending, possibly it means something is changing. And uh, especially, you know, with our environment, we've become so aware over the last few years of our ozone layers, the you know, the changing in the temperatures, the water, all these kinds of things, everything has the butterfly effect. So I think this is a great opportunity, you know, for people if they want to avoid um, some kind of catastrophic change that is responsible, you know, and with our environment, um, did you really take, you know, green action with things, recycle, you know, walk, ride a bike, and to drive a car, carpool if you have to, you know, take all these little steps to, um, you know, because let's say something happens in 2012, let's keep this earth going then and let's keep trying to preserve it so it's the best it can be for all the future generations as well. Yeah, I love that as, uh, as uh, advice too because, that is the whole idea is that we can, there's always going to be something out there that is going to say that it's the end of the world, the end of time, you know, the, the last judgment day, whatever it is. But we have to live in the moment and how we treat this planet and one another is what's most important. So it's up to us as individuals to care, share, and be fair and to bring love and life and laughter into our lives every single day and live in the presence and basically make every day a party like we do, right? Exactly. That's the whole thing. It's party time, and you'll always find party time right here at Star Style. Be the star you are. But in any case, I think it's fascinating to be talking about uh, 2012 and the fact that, that people around the world are talking about it and disputing it and seeing what kind of alignments or, or theories or geomagnetic forces are going to take place or collision of the planets or black hole or whatever is going to happen. So whatever is going to be happen, let's all be there together and let's celebrate and just have another big party December 21st <laughs> on 2012. It sounds like a really a, a kind of a great way to go. But I'm excited <laughs> to... 
to talk to to John Major Jenkins, who truly is a scholar on this. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk to this expert. He's written 10 books on this controversial subject, and he's going to discuss his latest tome, the 2012 story, The Myths, the Fallacies, the Truths, behind the most intriguing date in history. And for us all living today, this is most exciting. So make sure to stay with us. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Rainey. And you're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. The excitement has just begun, so don't go away. Back in a bit. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Did you know that teens with low self-esteem who feel they don't fit in are more vulnerable to peer pressure, more likely to have depressive reactions, eating disorders, higher rates of alcohol and drug abuse, criminal involvement, suicide attempts, and be involved with risky behaviors? You can help make a difference by sponsoring this radio program, Be The Star You Are. Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, positive media, and donates positive books to increase literacy. Call 877-944-STAR, S-T-A-R. For more information or visit our website at bethestarur.org. Also, you can make a PayPal donation at www.bethestarur.org. Thank you for helping our youth succeed. Are you wondering how to jumpstart your life while bringing more excitement and joy into every moment? Join the Goddess Gals, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, each week on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. You'll hear from the experts and authors that inspire and motivate you to be your greatest, unique self. Plus, in Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew, Cynthia and Heather tackle the topics and tips that make a difference. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Radio, Studio. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Or send an email to info at be the star you are.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. 
hello, all you stars. We are talking about stars today in a kind of a galactic way. Thanks for turning up the volume and listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am your guide on the side, Cynthia Bryan, and the show is brought to you under the species of the literacy charity, Be the Star You Are. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Well, over 20 years ago, John Major Jenkins brought to the awareness of the general public the Mayan calendar's in date. And since then, he has been interviewed on the Discovery Channel, History Channel, National Geographic, Travel Channel, and just about every other media source. He is a Mayan scholar, scholar and director of the Center for 2012 Studies. He provides his well-researched information with his newest book, The 2012 Story, The Myths, Fallacies, and Truth, behind the most intriguing date in history. Welcome, John, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, Cynthia. I'm so glad to be here. Well, we are really excited because we wanted an expert. We wanted to bust these myths and bring out the truth. And I wanted to start with your timeline. The 2012 story really began on August 12, um, 3,114 B.C., right? Yes. Which was the beginning of the current 13 back to cycle of the long count. Can you tell us what the heck does that mean and how was that calculated? Well, that uh, that calculation didn't actually take place way back then. The calendar that the Maya created was actually was created about 2,000 years ago. So they were doing some pretty profound things there, but they back-calculated to 3114 B.C. and said, that's our creation date. And then they forward-calculated to 2012, and they said, that's the creation of the next cycle. So that's how they put their calendar in place. So what you are actually saying, though, is when they talked about this 2012 as being the calculation for their next cycle, they really weren't talking about the end of the world as everyone is going around saying. And this is what is, you know, so different from what the... um, the psychobabble, I guess, is talking about. <laughs> I guess you might say that the doomsday myth is an urban legend or something. It's, it it's, is, it's, it's isn't it? It's a very hot topic. It's a good bumper sticker soundbite, but it's not actually what the Maya believed about cycle endings. Well, tell us the truth. Tell us what you know from all your years of research and also from, you know, having the Center for 2012 Studies. And, of course, this book that you have written, we're talking to John Major Jenkins, author of the 2012 story, The Myths, Fallacies, and Truth Behind the Most Intriguing Date in History. You have so much research in here and so much documentation. This really has to be the absolute... um, well, I guess encyclopedia on a, on 2012. Well, I thought it was high time that uh, I was very clear with all the various manifestations going on, and I do provide reviews of some of the uh, most well-known theories about 2012. Now, I have my own theory based upon my research into the authentic Maya material on this uh, in terms of why the Maya picked 2012 to end this vast cycle of time. And, you know, uh, it's, it's uh, pretty interesting. It involves astronomy. But more generally speaking, what I've uh, concluded from my years of study of the Maya tradition, and modern Maya people today will confirm this, is that cycle endings are about transformation and renewal. The Maya didn't even have a, uh, an apocalypse doom, doomsday concept. That comes from our own tradition and what Hollywood's doing with it. Right, and of course, it's great that Hollywood's making this movie. It's great for your book and all the books and, and all the people out there that are talking about 2012. But I'm really interested in your theory because 
In your book, you talk, uh, you give, again, all the research, you give lots of other different theories, but you have this hypothesis. Will you tell us about that? Sure. My theory is really in two parts, and the first part involves astronomy. And what I found is that there's a rare astronomical alignment that's happening in our times, and it has to do with us aligning with the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Now, it's a fact of astronomy, and in my research, I've shown how the Maya were aware of this. Pretty, pretty interesting stuff. It means that they were as advanced as the uh, ancient Greek astronomers at the same time. So we should be impressed with uh, how much the Maya achieved. Now, the second part of the theory involves their spiritual teachings. And in the creation mythology called the Popol Vuh, the Maya encode spiritual teachings. They're connected to the astronomy. See, they have this kind of consciousness where the two things go together, you know, science and spirituality. They don't make those kind of separations that we do. Yeah, we always separate everything, but theirs was united. Right, and the spiritual teachings do have to do with this incredible opportunity that human beings have at cycle endings to open up to the bigger perspective, and that's why it's always about transformation and renewal, but it requires that human beings make the motion, make the, uh, um, well, the Maya would say, make the sacrifice. And have the awareness. Yes. They have to be aware of it, because it just doesn't happen. You have to, you have to know and believe that it's going to happen, and take action towards that. Yeah, and sacrifice can be kind of a hot-button term. What I mean well, because, by that because, is that... You know, when people say sacrifice, people think human sacrifice. Right, right, right. But no, really there's a spiritual truth in this that all of the world's great religions share. It's really about surrendering. It's about opening up and surrendering one's illusions or the things that keep one limited or stuck in limited states of consciousness. We all need to sort of open up to this bigger picture and understand that our decisions here on this planet have effects many generations down the road. And I think we're really seeing that a little today, and this is why I'm excited about 2012 and actually all the hoopla surrounding it, because with what's happening in our environment and in our world with the tsunamis and the volcanoes and the floods and the weather changes, et cetera, we do have an opportunity to step forward and make a difference. You got it. As individuals. That's absolutely right. And, you know, it's actually we live in very exciting times, and there's a huge opportunity here for us to sort of take the reins of history and uh, be responsible and create a world that's going to be sustainable. Well, you know, in your book, you talked about, um, you just briefly a little uh, alluded to Nostradamus. Now, a lot of people have talked about this was a prophecy from him, and you say, no, this has nothing to do with him. Yeah, you know, there's this kind of cartoon version of prophecy where the guy is great gazing into the crystal ball and he sees the future as if it's some kind of predetermined thing out there in the future. Well, you know, real prophetic traditions uh, like the Maya prophecy, it's not so much about seeing something that's definitely going to happen in the future. It's about evoking the highest possible future or the lowest possible future, but those would be sort of like doomsday prophets. We have the choice. We can evoke or invoke the highest possible future, and that is a kind of uh, prophesying. And so our goal is to invoke the highest of it. Yes. Now, I wanted to go back to your theory, too, because it, inv- it does involve like um, a black hole alignment. Is that true, or is that a fallacy? Well, no, um, there, there's two different things here. Uh, of course, we know, scientists know, that there is a, a singularity, this... Uh, 
um, uh, this black hole in the center of our Milky Way galaxy from which time, from which light cannot even escape. Um, pretty much scientists are aware of that, but along the Milky Way, there's also this visible feature. You know, um, you can see it with the naked eye. You don't need telescopes or anything. It's, uh, it's caused by interstellar dust, and it runs along the midplane of the galaxy, and it looks like a, a dark ridge or a, a great cleft. And the ancient Maya were very, very interested in this spot because it does coincide with uh, the center of our Milky Way galaxy between Sagittarius and Scorpio. So this dark rift feature was for them the portal to the other world, it's kind of like a, a, a rebirth place in the sky. And that's where the sun is uh, lining up with in 2012. Well, you've also um, helped other authors who are writing uh, things about 2012. You've been a contributor to books as well as uh, in 2007 you were actually you uh, helped uh, with the Sounds mm. True publishing when they were doing um, their their anthology. Tell us a little about uh, some of the other people or other uh-huh. uh, other endeavors you've been working on because you are actually the go-to person as one of the experts in 2012. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Cynthia. I, I've been very passionate about working with others and at the same time, I've been critical of some authors because sometimes, obviously, 2012 can, can sort of be that uh, there's a lot of hype around it and there can be a lot of exploitation of fear. Right, and I like the fact that you're, you are trying to stop that exploitation and right. you know, really just get down to the basics and to the truth. Yeah, so I was very excited to be involved in 2007 with uh, Sounds, True. Sounds True Publications uh, did the Mystery of 2012 book. And there was a, a lot of uh, contributors to that, and I was happy to really help the editors understand, you know, how to frame things and, uh, and, and sort of who to bring on board. It was also exciting because I live in Colorado, and Sounds True is uh, sort of just down the road from me. Yeah, I, I like Sounds True a lot. It would be the star you are. We've had lots of their, their audio versions and a lot of their publications. We really, I believe in them. I think they do a wonderful job and have great people on board. Exactly. And another person is Jeff Stray, a friend of mine in England, who, like me, is uh, with his own, driven by his own passion in funding many of his trips uh, to Mexico and so on. He wrote an amazing book called Beyond 2012, which is now available in the United States. I wrote the foreword for it, and Jeff's work uh, is just uh, magnificent. See, it's exciting to me that you're, you know, you're involved with the other people who are writing too, because. This is, it's such a huge, um, well, it's a huge phenomena, a huge event, and it's important that the topic is brought to the forefront, and as much information on a scholarly level can be brought to it. Now, have you been doing quite a bit of traveling then as well in relation to this? Uh, yeah, and a matter of fa- as a matter of fact, I uh, have gone to the site of Izapa many times. This is an important site in uh, southern Mexico, it's where the creation mythology is carved in stone. Very fascinating site. And uh, this connects in with what the modern Maya are doing today. I'm very interested in trying to facilitate the Maya coming out with their own voices. And in fact, there was a very uh, uh, interesting sort of groundbreaking piece just published by the Associated Press in which uh, a Maya leader, Apollonario Chile Pishtun, uh, came out and said, we didn't predict doomsday in 2012. That's just what Hollywood's doing with it. So I was, yeah, so, so, I was so happy to see that yes, from because, the voice of a Maya. What, even just from reading your book, again, we're talking to scholar John Major Jenkins, 
the 2012 story, The Myth, Fallacies, Truth Behind the Most Intriguing Date in History, is his book. And John is also the director of the Center for 2012 Studies in Colorado. But from what I'm reading, I mean, the Maya don't believe that this is a doomsday, and it's not, this date isn't even that important to them other than the fact that it's a, their cycle. Well, most of the Maya would not say that. Of course, you know, there's people have their own opinions, and, and so some people might believe that these are dire times and we're facing a crisis. But what's really important to me and what I've been interested in is uh, reconstructing the ancient origins of this uh, calendrical system. So apart from whatever anybody might be saying today, we can actually reconstruct the original beliefs around this uh, calendar and, and the 2012 cycle ending date. And how do you go about that? Well, uh, Izapa is the key site. Uh, I realized you have this been there, yes. about 20 years ago. It's the origin place of this long count calendar, as well as um, most likely the creation mythology, because you find these carved monuments and they're depicting these uh, uh, teaching stories from the hero twin myth. And, and then there's astronomical alignments at the site as well that implicate this, uh, this galactic alignment scenario that I've reconstructed. So Izapa is really a fascinating key site. It's an, important, it's an important place to visit. Now, give us a few words on Atlantis, because this comes up also in the 2012. You talk about it in your book, and I think this is, you know, it's worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah, I, I like People to are looking a lot for the lost, the, a lost Atlantis, right? Yeah, it's very exciting and, and very evocative. Um, well, the main sort of angle I have on Atlantis is that maybe it's not actually a physical continent that's sunk below the waves. Maybe it's more like a state of consciousness that we've mm -hmm. lost touch with, sort of like this, uh, like a holistic um, kind of unified consciousness that human beings kind of fell out of being in touch with. And so it kind of like submerged below the waves. And I think this is kind of a, an explanation of what we have going on in the historical process. Um, you know, we need to get back in touch with that deep uh, unifying consciousness through which we can see uh, ev each other as being part of the same grand plan. And don't you think, John, I feel that we're really evolving towards that. It just seems in the last maybe 15 years or so, maybe even more so since 9-11, I think as a, as a species, or at least here in the United States, we tend to be becoming a little bit more spiritual, and people are, are at least opening their minds a bit more to what the possibilities are. Exactly. I like to think of it actually as uh, uh, awakening. Awakening, I great. That's the, it's a perfect word for it. It's the transformation, as you were saying. It is a renewal, and it is an awakening. Well, but we have just a couple of minutes left. But what is the the Bactunian movement? You know uh, that, and it, how it relates to the Mayans. What are you seeing there? What is the what's the, um, the you know the the buzz around that? Well, yeah, I'm going to have a, a nice uh, piece on that, an excerpt from the book on my on my. Uh, uh, Web page for the book, the 2012story.com. Well, the that, please. What's that? What is the website you want everyone to go to? Well, the book website is the 2012story.com, 
and I'm going to have lots of links on there. And one of the things I explored in, in my new book, which is hot off the presses, it's being released today as we speak, is the Bakhtunian movement. This word or phrase actually comes from an ethnic Maya scholar named Victor Montejo. And he's talking about this modern Maya renaissance. It's kind of like a renaissance of Maya culture going on in traditional parts of Guatemala and Chiapas. It's kind of very exciting because it's, it's sort of like the indigenous people of the Americas are, are coming into their own power after being sort of, you know, um, you know, smashed Ma- and put down for so long. Well, Montejo writes that earth and heaven are the generators of life and happiness. Beautiful. And I, I found that to be such an important phrase, and it kind of summed up actually what you're writing about in your book, 2012, because it leads right to the awareness and the transformation and the renewal. Well, let's give out your website once again, John. This is a wonderful book, and if anyone really wants the truth behind the 2012 story, read the book, The 2012 Story, The Myths, Fallacies, and Truth Behind the Most Intriguing Date in History. Author is John Major Jenkins, and the website is the2012story.com. There's everything in here, John. This could this could go on for hours. Our interview. Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you for that beautiful quote from Victor. Well, thank you so much for being on a guest. It's been a pleasure, and thanks for writing a factual account of what's going on. I'm looking forward to 2012 because I just know it's going to open up a whole new beautiful world of truth and happiness, and we will follow Montejo's thoughts that it's going to be at Earth and Heaven meeting. You have been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. John, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you, Cynthia. When we come back, you're going to meet William Gladstone, author of the new book, The Twelve, based on the premise of 2020. Are you ready to go into the sunset? Well, stay with me. You will be transformed. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Back in a bit. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Bethestarur.org. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. 
Are you wondering how to jumpstart your life while bringing more excitement and joy into every moment? Join the Goddess Gals, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, each week on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. You'll hear from the experts and authors that inspire and motivate you to be your greatest, unique self. Plus, in Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew, Cynthia and Heather tackle the topics and tips that make a difference. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Radio, Studio A. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, you are so wonderful for staying with us. Every week here at Be the Star You Are, we bring you those fabulous authors and experts who do inspire, motivate, and edutain you. We appreciate your dedication to our programming as we continue to strive to be the show, the power hour, where the world comes to talk and listen. And I am your host and personal growth coach, Cynthia Bryan. Well, William Gladstone is best known as the legendary literary agent of such esteemed authors as Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, and, of course, most humbly, yours truly, me, Cynthia Bryan. He has always had a wondrous story brewing inside him, and finally he has published the novel, The Twelve, about an unusual meeting of the minds around the world, which may just prove that the answers to your fate and the fate of humankind are real and are happening on December 21st, 2012. Welcome, Bill, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thanks so much for having me on your show. I am excited because you are so much fun. And I just remember so well, a couple of years ago, we sat overlooking the ocean at sunset, waiting for that green flash, margaritas in hand, and you told me all about this novel you were writing called the 12. You were so excited. Now the book's a reality, and it's in print. Congratulations. And although it is a work of fiction, it is really based on real events and actual beliefs. So I want to hear about the story and how it's been a part of your life for so long. And let's talk about these, these incredible characters that you developed. Let's start with Max. Well, Max is a character based on experiences that I had in my own life, including a near-death experience uh, as a young man, uh, Max. You know, we fictionalize it a little bit, but he has a near-death experience when he's 15 years old and is given 12 names. In reality, that same experience happened to two other people, and it's when I met these other people that I realized the story of the 12 was really something important. And I actually wrote a film treatment for the 12 back in 1979, and I kept it and revised it about 15 years later, and then was finally getting ready to uh, hire a screenwriter to write the movie script, and the Screenwriters Guild went on strike the very day we had 
decided to work together. That so was I, a little I, bit like of a premonition, it, wasn't well, it? it was, well, it was synchronicity. And, yeah, and this course. is part of the story of the 12 and also links very much to 2012 and what December 21st, 2012 is all about. Because in life, sometimes things that seem negative are actually very positive. And that was the case with the writer's strike because I had nothing else to do to move my project forward, so I decided to write the backstory for the film and took the main character and based the main character, because in the original treatment it was actually a female character. So I, I changed it so the, the main character would be Max Duff, and I based him on actual experiences that I had had. And when I ended up finishing the first hundred pages or, sh- or so, I showed it to people, and everybody just loved it and wanted to know what was going to happen next, and I decided, well, I'd better keep writing. And it came so effortlessly that I actually had a finished manuscript before the writer's strike was finished. And next thing I knew, I had some other people who sent it to some publishers, because even though I'm an agent, I don't agent fiction. And without even seeking an agent, I received a very nice contract, actually two contracts, both Canada and the U.S. simultaneously. The book's now been adapted in 15 languages already. And, and it's just out, too. And, and it's, it's only been, been, it's only been out for four weeks. And it's, the, the reactions and responses have been overwhelming. Carlos Santana got a copy and sent me a personal gift. He liked the novel so much. And part of the reason I think that it's striking such a chord with so many people is that it really is the truth. Even though it's a fiction story, it not only portrays a very interesting possibility of there being 12 human beings on whom the destiny of the world uh, does, in fact, uh, depend, and these 12 people are chosen from all over the world. We have a, a young woman in Peru. We have a businessman in China. We have a Tibetan monk. We have a Japanese uh, travel agent. Um, they're really every spectrum, every major religion. We have a, a Muslim, a Hindu, a Buddhist, a Jewish person, a Catholic person, even an atheist. And all these 12 people have to find a way to work together to create an event which will help with what John Major Jenkins was just talking about on your show, this transformation, which is what 2012 is really all about. And I don't feel I'm giving away too much from the novel to let people know that it does have a positive ending, and it is about transformation, not the end of the world. Of course, the characters in the novel don't know this while the novel is happening, and there is a great deal of tension about, you know, are they going to come together? How does it happen? And it's kind of like if you've seen the Titanic, even though you know the ship's going down, it's still very intriguing. Well, the book, I think, is the novel is really intriguing. It's a page-turner. I know when I first read your, uh, your treatment, I, I just, you know, you, I gobbled it up just like in one reading. And the whole idea is, as you said, not everything happens and it's all happy. There's lots of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And Max has this brother, uh, Luis, who is just this really nasty character well, in the book. He's a and paranoid schizophrenic with violent tendencies. You can't get much worse than that. No, you can't. And, and, and one yet, of the things that the novel does, The Twelve, is it shows that evil is not you know, something that you need to be frightened of. You just need to deal with it. Yeah. And, and it's not so much about revenge. Max, one of the things that happens is Max is not very much concerned about you know, revenge against this you know, violent person. He just wants to get on with his mission, get on with his life. And I think it's, it's very important for other people because we all have, you know, evil or, or obstacles at least. And it's more about getting a handle on the forces that are opposing us and not necessarily teaching them a lesson and just moving forward. And that's a lot of what I think this transformation that John Major Jenkins is talking about for 2012 is about as well. It's well, you know re- what I took away from the, the way Max mm-hmm. handles the negativity that, hand, that happens to him? 
he is kind. It's yeah. be kind. And he moves forward. I mean, it, it's just constantly, okay, it's another day. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the things that I say, and, and there's a website, and I think I've, I've, there's a little two-and-a-half-minute video, and we don't have to repeat it, but people can just go to www.12thebook.com and see a video where I kind of present some of the I- ideas that motivated the writing of the 12. But in terms of 2012, it really is an event. It really is a date that is going to change human history. But it's essential that human beings wake up. I think the word that John Major Jenkins just used in your show was it's more about an awakening. It is an awakening, and I like the idea that, you know, each day anew, wake well, up. And, and, you know, I don't, well, and this is one of the things I've been telling people is, actually, I'm not opposed to people who say December 21st, 2012 is the end of the world, because every day is the end of the world as we know it and the beginning of a new world, the beginning of a new day. Nothing stays the same. Everything is in constant flux. We have created a way of looking at reality that reassures us that everything is normal and static. But it's not static, and we're constantly making choices. And collectively, as a human species, we really are the ones who get to decide whether December 21st, 2012 is a day of awakening or something less (laughs) pleasant. And one of the things that people need to be aware of and that I emphasize, and I think you've made a good point, in the 12, it shows that the part of awakening is waking up to basic values, truth, honesty, kindness, compassion, not just for people that you know personally, but for all living beings. And that's pretty much what the Dalai Lama, who's actually someone that is interviewed by Max in the book, because I had the good fortune to interview the Dalai Lama way back in the early 70s. But well, it's all about love. I mean, your book's bottom line is about spreading the love and yes. spreading it through all mankind. And it is through this awakening. Now, you've traveled all over the world, too. Well, one of the things that has been, and, and I'm surprised because I have, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm a business person. I mean, I write, you know, pitched letters for your book and other people's Right, books. right. I, you know, I never sit, really sat down and, you know, tried to, to write a novel. And one of the things that made it easy is, the first draft was really kind of just a memoir. I was just writing about all the experiences I had had. I, I, as a very young person, I was hired by Rod Serling to go around the world to search for ancient mysteries anywhere it might take me. So everything that's described in the 12 is based on actual experiences that I had in some cases, I guess that was almost 35 years ago. Yeah, since you lived through all this. But, so when I talk about Machu Picchu and I talk about Stonehenge and I talk about some of these other sacred sites, it's not looking at postcards. It's what I actually experienced and felt. And many of the early readers have told me that, my gosh, it's so visual. Did you really, how do you write it so visually? And I think... Because you were there. I was there. Exactly. <laughs> right. You lived it. You lived it. And then the, we get to live it with you because now it all came back. And I think what you really know when you've got the book is really happening, when it happens the way you said it, it just did for you. It was like automatic writing. It just flowed. It was, it was just joyful. I mean, one of the things I, I like to tell everyone is this, and that's why my signature at the end of the book, I put William Gladstone in joy, not enjoy, enjoy. The joy that I've had in sharing this story and in living the story since so much of it is true. And the novel itself starts in a night of joy, we won't give away the Yes, I'm not, I wasn't going to tell and, that either, but a, and, a great joy. A great joy, and the novel ends with great joy. And for me, the writing of it was joyful, the promotion of it is joyful. It's really about joy. And one of the things that I've learned is that if you have a belief in a higher being or a higher intelligence in the universe, the way that you most closely 
please, this intelligence is to experience joy in your own life. Because if there is a universal being or awareness or consciousness, wouldn't it be logical that it would divide itself into trillions of entities so that it could experience the varieties of joy that each personality as a human being and beyond that as each form would experience. So I really do encourage people that at, when we talk about awakening and we talk about you know, spiritual uh, courses that people follow, it's not difficult, it's not painful, you don't have to go into a cave and meditate for 40 years. It's really about living every moment of your life as if it were magical and sacred, because in fact it is. And living every moment of your life, Bill, as if it is your last, because it is the last, as you said, of that particular moment. Mm-hmm. And, when, and life is such a choice. When we choose to live in joy, we experience joy. It's like what we think about and talk about comes about. So if we think it's going to be a doomsday, that is what we'll experience. And even when things don't go exactly the way people would like in their lives, remember, the overcoming of obstacles is another kind of joy. And sometimes the obstacles are not even meant to be overcome. It's meant to be a sign from the universe to go in a different direction. Well, I just love that because I look at everything that happens in life as both a lesson and a blessing. And you're so right. Is sometimes the obstacles mean that we're just attached to outcomes. And when we stop being attached to outcomes, that's when the magic and the miracles happen. So we do have to sometimes go through, well, we, not sometimes, we have to go through the darkness in order to see the sunshine and to enjoy the sunsets, right? I absolutely agree with you. And just one thing, because I know we have a short amount of time here. Yes. I do want to be sure that there's, because there's going to be millions of people that are going to go out and see this movie 2012. It's going to be a blockbuster. They've spent $4 million just on the first ad campaign a month before the movie. And it's going to be a scary movie. I mean, it's probably going to be very well done because, you know, they've got top stars. And it was the director of Independence Day, so we know what kind of movie it's like. We know what kind of movie it's likely to be. I just want people to know you can go out as soon as you leave that theater, buy a copy of The Twelve, go to our website, www.12thebook.com, and you'll feel a lot better. I think that, you know, I, I'm trying to get the, the producers to debate with me. I don't think they will. My goal, because there is you know, plans for a movie to be made of the 12 as well, is to someday have the two films packaged together in the same DVD and let people choose the version of 2012 that well, they Well, I love your, what you say, 12, 21, 12, a new beginning. We're talking to William Gladstone. He is the author of The 12, a novel. It is a fantastic romp until the date, December 21st, 2012. And as he says, it is transformational, it is renewal, and it is all about waking up and living in the moment. And it's a happy, joyful (laughs) book. So again, people can choose, and I, I choose to be joyful. I do too, and, and, and I, I hope a lot of people, people out there will. We're going to send people to www.12thebook.com. That's one to the book.com. There's a great video with uh, Bill on there talking about his book. Lots of lots of information and color and and historical facts. Everything you're going to need to know is at one to the book. Dot com and you can pick up a copy of the 12 a novel at your favorite bookstore or online store any place that you want but you'll definitely want to get a copy so sum it up for us you want people to take away from this something that's happy 
Well, I want them to feel empowered. Every human being has a role to play in this universe, and every human being matters. One of the things about the Twelve, which may actually, because it's based on legends from many religions, be true, you don't know who the Twelve in your life are. It could be a homeless person. It could be your boss. It could be a brother-in-law you don't get along with. Everybody matters, and everybody has the ability to make a difference. Oh, and I'm yeah, actually well, I working with Jose Arguello. you are. We say our motto is everyone counts. Absolutely. And so everyone matters and everything matters. This is William Gladstone. The book is The Twelve. It's a novel. It's a new beginning. Go to www.twelvethebook.com. That's one to the book.com. Bill, it's so great to have you finally on my show. Thank you for sharing all your insights. Well, thank you so much. It really has been a pleasure. It's so fun. It is my pleasure. And thank you, all of you out there, for being terrific listeners. Make sure to visit www.bethestarur.com for information on my new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, which was agented by Bill Gladstone. <laughs> Listen to the archives of the radio. Go to starstyleradio.com. You can find out more about the 12 and also about the 2012 story there with pictures and web links for making a donation to the charity. It's be the star you are.org. And until we celebrate next week, believe in yourself and all the possibilities and wake up. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Be The Star You Are. And you, go out into the world and be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be The Star You Are. For more information about Be The Star You Are Nonprofit Corporation, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's BeTheStarYouAre.org. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Enjoy a stellar week. You're a seeker.